You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. All right, folks, welcome back to our last half hour here of Real Presence Live this morning. We are broadcasting live from Aberdeen, Ron Colley High School. And I am Chris Euler. I'm Dominic King. And we are having a good old time, right? Yes. Uh, talking about golf and how bad we are at golf. <laughs> what? Talking fishing. I should. Okay, well, no, no we started with good. we started with golf. No, I'm not. That remember? Good and then he went to fishing. Yeah. And then I talked about how I don't know what I'm doing when I fish, but I can hunt things. Yep. Yep. For kind of. Yep. It's been a while since I've hunted things, but it's been even a more while since I fished things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talked about ordination with yes. Deacon Zach Schaefbauer's parents. It was a wonderful interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see then. Oh, then Deacon Paul Ch- Tashan and good old St. Philomena Shrine. And mm-hmm. now we are joined by another wonderful priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Father Tim Smith. Welcome on to the show. Hey, Hello. Dominic, Chris, thanks for help, having me back and the Real Presence Radio family. I'm glad to be here. And, uh, man, I would have liked to get on all those conversations. Uh, I, I, I love all those activities, uh, fishing, hunting, golfing. Uh, I wish I could have more time to do all those things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you and me both. Yes. And uh, I'm not as good at golf, but I did get a hole in one last year. Oh wow! That's right. And I give my guardian angel all the credit because <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, miracles do happen. Well, you know, so, so you know the irony. You know, like the irony of that hole, right? Yeah. Like so. Where's this at? It was in Ipswich. Oh, okay. And a week before, there was a, a golf tournament out there, and so Caleb and I, mm-hmm. my friend Caleb, and mm-hmm. we have this little company called Odds and Ends that he owns, mm-hmm. and I work for in summer and that hole during the fish during the golf tournament was if you get a hole in one on this you get five hundred dollars of free labor and he was a week oh, late no. Oh, no. i'm still gonna try to redeem that for yeah, yeah. Someday, <laughs> some way or another you there know. you go so uh but yeah it's awesome the uh just uh we're in the spring you know moving into summer mm-hmm. ordinations at the end of the week um blessings to all those who will be newly ordained all over the real presence radio family Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, our brothers. Uh, the church is strong. We have those who have been called by Jesus to become fishers of men. And so uh, they've responded. And so we want to support those vocations and pray for those uh, deacons and priests soon to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Father, uh, you shared something really special with Holy Cross out in uh, Ipswich this weekend. And what, what was that? Well, you know, we, we had our ordinary uh, celebrations of mass, but we wanted to take a step back and really uh, just acknowledge the life of a saint. And so, uh, just recently, we had Deacon on air here talking about the life of uh, Saint Philomena. But the Universal Church uh, celebrated the beatification of a holy woman uh, in the city of Lyon, France, her own home diocese, her own home city, of the life of Blessed Pauline Marie Jericho. And uh, this was, for our listeners on EWTN, this was broadcast on uh, EWTN, uh, the cable channel, like early mid-morning, if you happen to be tuning in, or in the week prior, maybe you've seen an advertisement for it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, really, it it highlighted the life of this great holy woman who has left a, a legacy of faith that I will give a testimony that has directly impacted the life of us here, right here in North America, as members of the American Roman Catholic Church. Hmm. And so, 
Uh, beatification, of course, is the kind of the last stage on the way to full canonization of the church universally recognizing that this person um, really sees God face to face. And so uh, beatification, you know, the, the, the technical definition, uh, Chris and Dominic, is that it's a declaration by the Holy Father as head of the church that one of the deceased faithful has lived a holy life and they are now dwelling in heaven. And so we say when a person is beatified, you know, they're in for sainthood. I mean, it's just a matter of time um, before their glory is further revealed um, in God's glory and in, in the power and the working of God's holiness and church. And, and to the stage of beatification, it means by this point, this person's entire life, um, also their virtues, their writings, their reputation for holiness, for sanctity, is really acknowledged by the church. And it's underwent all the scrutinies, all the examination that is done in before we declare someone a saint, we want to find out about their life, everything they did, everything um, that they've done, and even their own personal conversion story. So Pauline Marie Jericho, um, she's a French uh, holy laywoman. Uh, she was born in the year 1799, and she lived a, her life uh, at a time when uh, the Industrial Revolution was really taking off. And so her parents were in the garment industry. Um, they had great wealth. And she really lived kind of a life of privilege. Uh, we can think about people in even contemporary times. Uh, think of something like, uh, I, I don't follow this, but I know about it. I'm in the culture. You know, <laughs> the Kardashians or Paris Hilton, one of these, you know, noted uh, celebrity debutantes. You know, they, they have money. They're in the garment, the fashion industry. And Pauline was no different as a young teenage girl than a lot of those contemporaries. She was concerned about worldly things, fashion, glamour, vanity. But she had an illness. She actually had a, an accident that gave her some physical suffering, and it was during the midst of that physical suffering that she underwent a personal conversion, and although she had been raised in the faith, raised Catholic, in fact, later on one of her brothers would become a priest, and so uh, her family was really, especially in that time in early 19th century France, they were really out, out of the ordinary because they were faithful to their, their Catholic belief, even though they lived a wealthy life. Um, but that, that time, post-French Revolution, they were really the anomaly, you know. So they, they were really out of the ordinary. And because of that connection to their faith, their connection to Christ through the church, Pauline, in her own suffering, had a powerful conversion experience. And so uh, she was able to really seek the sacraments, frequent reception of Holy Communion. And during Lent, um, in the year when she was about 16, 17 years old, uh, she heard a, a powerful sermon. Of course, Lent is always the time uh, for our pastors, or maybe we go to a retreat where we really double down. We might hear a really good uh, homily or a, or a teaching about personal conversion, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. And there at this retreat, uh, there's a priest who gave a great homily. We even have the priest's name. Uh, his name was Father Jean Wurtz, and Father Jean was able to preach a homily that really talked about vanity and worldliness and, 
and to be followers of Jesus. We want to turn away from these things. And Pauline was convicted of that. So she wasn't going to be one of the Kardashians. She was going to be a saint. And she was going to renounce these things of the world to totally follow Jesus. And that's, in fact, what she did. Uh, And so from that point on, she lived a simple life. She dedicated herself to works of charity. And so she, uh, here she was, a a young woman of privilege, of of wealth and status. She now wore simple garments, even choosing colors that she most disliked, um, trying to have some outward appearance to really turn away from the vanity that had really blocked her off from the sunlight of God's spirit before. And then she spent herself ministering uh, to these uh, people in hospitals and really people who needed uh, God's grace. They needed God's mercy. And so what a beautiful uh, conversion experience Pauline had. And I think all of us in our own Christian lives, we can identify that. Myself, I'm a priest today. I serve the church. I want to be holy. But anybody who knows my whole life, there was a time I I was a rotten sinner. I mean, I was a obnoxious, loud kid. Uh, I, I, I was into hardcore music. I, I had goofy colored hair when I was a high schooler. You know, my parishioners say, oh, father, not you. But that's my life story. I mean, I was uh, insolent to, to authority, and, my, and I, I gave a bad reputation to my own family and my parents. Uh, but Jesus changed my life. You know, he brought about a conversion. And Pauline's life is just like ours. Uh, you know, Dominic and Chris, I'm sure you guys have been perfect your whole life, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ask my parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, if my mom's listening, I'm going to get a phone call if I yeah. say anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, so Pauline's, you know, Pauline's life story is like that for us. Like, it, it shows us saints are people like us. They undergo personal conversion and when they when they respond to God's grace then they can do amazing things for the Lord. So Pauline's story continues and right after that at the age of 19 she has this intuition. She's God's gifted her this imagination. And so what she recognizes is that all these merchants in this industrial city um, they're they're young women, they're working in these uh, garment factories, they're working in these fabric and silk places. And she says, what if I gather them together to do these charitable works, which requires money? Uh, What if we gather our our coins together? Each person will find 10 people together, one penny. And then that person will find 10 people to get one penny. And together, they'll get that collection together. And all those coins together will send that money to the missions. And Pauline uh, once read at that time that about... Uh, 800 francs in the country of France, or about $160, would support a catechist somewhere in the world so that they could baptize 2,000 babies and that, that those children and those missions could receive the gift of salvation. And so spurred by a desire to share the gospel, Pauline organized this work, and they called themselves the Repairers of the Sacred Heart. And at mm. this time, the Sacred Heart Devotion in France, where Pauline was at, just was kicking off. I mean, really, we see that there's a life of holiness growing in France at a time when the faith was obliterated, when it was subjected, when it was pushed down. Now we see these amazing saints, these amazing revelations in God that are taking place right there in the French church. Out of the, out of the ashes rises something great. You know, after this death comes something beautiful. Lives of holiness, and Pauline is a part of that. She sets herself about this work, and it's a tremendous success. For us in our life, Dominic and Chris, we can think about uh, those rice bowls that we did. I mean, did you guys do that when you were kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, like, 
I remember like uh, you know taking those coins in there. But the, really, the incarnation of that really kind, kind of comes from the life of Pauline Jericho. Mm-hmm. And so this work was so successful. It became so big. Uh, she actually was able to turn it over to the Holy Father and to the local church. And so working together with the local ordinary. And so it also demonstrates not only the ingenuity of Pauline, but also uh, her humility in recognizing this has become a success for the sake of, of souls and for the sake of supporting missions. And so I want to turn it over to the, to the church. And from that comes a society for the propagation of the faith, which exists today as one of the major offices of the Roman church. And of course, as the dicasteries in the Roman church have been reorganized in recent years, here we have that uh, often called a missio, um, of course, is a cardinal that presides over that in the world church today. And that is also the source for the foundation of World Mission Sunday, which the universal church celebrates every year during October. And of course, that's part of our giving that we do regularly. We always do a collection for World Mission Sunday. And so the Society of the Propagation of the Faith is responsible to support all the mission churches all throughout the world in Southeast Asia, Africa, South America, Australia, Aboriginal countries all around the world. And so the Society for the Propagation of the Faith over the last 200 years has done so much to help support and spread the gospel. And all of that started with Pauline, one soul, one converted sinner, following God's grace and serving the Lord. You know, Pauline didn't stop there with just being the foundress of the Society of the Propagation of the Faith. After that, she entered into a contemplative life. She stepped away from this mission, and then she started to follow the Lord more. She still experienced sufferings and ailments throughout her life, and so she also is a testimony that you can do great things for God even if you're inhibited by physical sufferings, mental anguish, or even things that would prevent you from filling your daily life with uh, busyness and activity. You can do great things for God. And it was in this time of her life, Pauline began the Association of the Living Rosary, which now has over 5 million members around the world today. And at that time, it was a great success. And similar to her founding of the Society of the Propagation of the Faith, which was really a spiritual multiplication of a few coins. Now she did that with the rosary. And each member would designate other members to pray a decade of the rosary each day. And out of that came not only a a conviviality, a companionship, a friendship amongst members of the church praying the rosary together. It also solicited them as evangelizers, inviting people, would you join my my rosary circle so that we can pray the holy rosary together? And from that, again, the the Association of the Living Rosary still exists in the world today. It was another success, not only in uh, providing that that physical or or material uh, charity that Pauline did with the Society of the Propagation of the Faith. Now it provides that spiritual charity through those works of prayer. Uh, And that's for the sake of the intercession of others and asking the Mother of God. Pauline underwent a tremendous miracle in the year 1835. In her physical suffering, she was so sick And so she wanted to go to Rome. She wanted to meet the Holy Father. She wanted to really tell him about the work she had been doing 
in the living rosary. And there, Pope Gregory XVI had an audience with her, and he actually discouraged her from her own physical health. Don't, don't push it, Pauline. I mean, you're going through a lot of suffering. Um, and Pauline said, I'm going to go and venerate the relics of St. Philomena, mm. who we just heard yeah, all about from Deacon. <laughs> and there, Pauline venerated the relics of St. Philomena, and Pauline was cured by St. Philomena at her intercession. Pauline Jericho is the reason that St. Philomena was canonized, because Pauline Jericho is the miracle for the canonization of St. Uh, Philomena. In addition, Pauline Jericho, when she returned to France, shared this powerful encounter with her good friend and confessor, the cure of ours, St. John Vianney. Huh. Well, and right, yeah. it's mm-hmm. in that that St. John Vianney was also to receive this exposure to St. Philomena. Hmm. He himself was cured by her and spread devotion hmm. to St. Philomena. And so the message for you, yeah. my brothers, Dominic and Chris, <laughs> is that if we all want to be saints together, then holiness will spread. Right. Because saints have companionship with saints. Hmm. Priests, laywomen, uh, those who have, are, are venerating the relics of holy saints and martyrs who have gone before us, we can stay united in Christ. And so Pauline's life is a tremendous testimony to spiritual friendship, spiritual multiplication, and also holiness. And mm. so um, it's just a, an amazing story of grace. And so, uh, you know, for our, for our listeners today, uh, there's more about Pauline that I want to share with you guys here this morning because uh, God is continuing this work of grace even in our midst. And so now that Pauline is beatified, um, we can also be encouraged, even in difficult times, even when high gas prices or there's uncertainty in the economic situation or um, there are discourages or setbacks in the life of the church in terms of uh, its worldliness or the things uh, that we experience in the culture that are against Jesus. Pauline, her witness and her testimony is something that can encourage us even in the midst of all those things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super encouraged by her. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, the beatification ceremony, you said, took place in Lyon, France. Uh, What was it like, and how did you participate? Well, my participation uh, really was remotely. Like a lot of our members, I watched it on EWTN, the Eternal World Television Network. Mm -hmm. And so for our parishioners, I encouraged them um, and shared it on our parish social media uh, for them to really just kind of tune in and watch the beatification process from there. Um, Pauline has touched my my life, and after the break, I'll, I'll let you guys know personally my own testimony about how Pauline has helped me and I want to give that testimony because for our listeners I want them to be encouraged I want them to ask blessed Pauline Jericho to intercede for them and their own personal needs Uh, but yet participating by watching it online and actually have a parisher of mine who uh, goes by the name of Pauline and uh, she had been praying through the intercession of Pauline over for over these last years. And so uh, it's just another testimony of how the saints encourage us on our own pathood to sanctity. Absolutely. Oh, what a gift that it is to have these people, these saints, that are able to do that for us, yeah. right? To point us to Christ. And that just the, you know, talking about how important it is to have a priest in your life who we're talking about the priesthood and yeah. Father Zach now, or to be Father Zach, just to have, she had 
St. John Vianney yeah. of all uh, friends. I mean, you couldn't get, you couldn't get better than that right there, you know. Um, could you maybe speak to that influence at all? Is there, Certainly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you follow Christ and follow lives of holiness, you will intersect the lives with other people who want to be holy. For example, Deacon Zach Schaefbauer, to be ordained to the priesthood on Friday— Years ago, when I was in Lyon, France, ours is just north of Lyon. Mm. I remember going on pilgrimage to ours and venerating uh, the, the remains of St. John Vianney. And who was there when I arrived at the place? Our very own Deacon Zach mm. Schaefbauer, who was a guest on Real Presence Live just an hour ago before I arrived here. None of this is planned. That's because people who want holiness will be united together, and you will find other people that want holiness. Mm -hmm. And so I remember at that time, I didn't even know that Deacon Zach was going to be in ours there, and Mm -hmm. he was doing a retreat right there in Mm -hmm. ours. And so that's that's the beauty of holiness, is that it keeps us united together and and seeking God and and seeking holiness. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you know, awesome, awesome opportunities, whether it's um, like uh, Deacon Dominic said in the last segment, you know, really, uh, if you want to become holy, make a pilgrimage to holy places. Here he has this pilgrimage that's going uh, to visit the shrine of St. Philomena. Uh, we can do that even right here in our own nation. We can do that by traveling abroad. Uh, but really, this summer, I want to encourage our listeners, take a, just, just go for it. Take a risk and make that leap of faith and follow Jesus. Make a pilgrimage to a holy destination, even if it's a local grotto or a local shrine, regional shrine. Uh, go to Our Lady of, of Good Help up in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, you know, one of the Marian apparitions right here in the upper Midwest. Find a place where you know God is calling you, and then go venerate the Lord, venerate the saints, you know, bow down and worship Him, celebrate Holy Mass make a good confession, pray the Holy Rosary, pray your devotionals, and God will continue to lead you to greater things. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, we've got more to come here after a short break. Uh, We're talking about uh, Blessed Pauline Jericho with Father Tim Smith, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. 
All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our last couple minutes here of Real Presence Live. We are broadcasting from Aberdeen, South Dakota at Ron Colley High School. I'm Chris Euler. I'm Dominic King. And we are having a wonderful time talking about holy men and women of our church uh, Currently, we have Father Tim Smith in our makeshift little studio here talking about uh, the newly beatified Blessed Pauline Jericho. So Father had shared her story with us a little bit about the beatification ceremony. Now, Father, you've got a testimony. You've got a personal encounter with her. Uh, and Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that has changed your life? Uh, I'd love to. And really, the you know Pauline, uh, for those who don't know, I, you know, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith, uh, and so I became Catholic in 2009. Prior to that, I was raised uh, just mainline Lutheran, Protestant background. Um, I had a tremendous love for church history, the scriptures, and really just had this powerful conversion uh, to Catholicism in 2009. Um, and so I'm grateful for that beautiful, graced experience. And in that, my one of my things that really fired my faith right away was the lives of the saints. And I'm really grateful a friend of mine shared with me a, one of these large collections of the books in Ann Ball. It's Tan Press. It's a popular book. It's called Modern Saints. And it's actually two volumes. You'll see it at all your Catholic bookstores, whether it's uh, the Mustard Seed or Hurley's Religious Gifts or wherever you buy your Catholic books. You can see that this is one of those great uh, compendiums of the lives of the saints. And Pauline Jericho's story was written in this book. And I was really captivated about it because the end of Pauline's life doesn't sound like a life of great holiness. Here she is the cause for, for the, the canonization of St. Philomena. Um, she's well-renowned. It seems like all her apostolates have gone very successfully. But unfortunately, at the end of Pauline's life, the last 10 years in her city of Lyon, she actually underwent even more tremendous suffering and humiliation. That doesn't sound like good news, but there is hope in that when we suffer with Christ. And so Pauline was able to do these great works of the apostolate, one who follows uh, the life of the church, does works of faith, hope, and charity. But in one of last uh, efforts of Pauline to share the gospel, she was actually defrauded by some people who took advantage of one of her ministries. She wanted to set up 
basically a factory where people would be able to have good working conditions. Really, one of the forerunners of Catholic social teaching, mm-hmm. which really didn't even make its debut for another 70 or 80 years in the life of the church with Pope Leo XIII. But Pauline already had the foresight that in the Industrial Revolution, they needed to do something to support workers, to give them a living wage, while also uh, just giving them their human needs and also doing this centered around Christ. Unfortunately, this noble endeavor was defrauded. And in that, Pauline was kind of stuck with uh, a debt that had been incurred because of this being defrauded. And so she was poor, she was indebted, she was also continuing to experience some physical sufferings and humiliations. But Pauline, out of her sense of duty and justice, resolved to pay back her creditors, and it's even documented basically like her bankruptcy note, like we do in the court system. It's in in her life, in her life of holiness, that's documented. And so Pauline, not only is someone who's done these great works of love, a great sanctity, but she also experienced this great suffering, and particularly indebtedness. And my own personal conversion, when I converted to the Catholic faith, uh, I actually worked for a large corporate bank. It was during the Great Recession of 2007 and 2008, and there was a really after the mortgage crisis had gone. And I was working with lots of clients from all around the country at that period of time in my life when I first read Pauline's story. Men and women, people who were emotional, people who were in tears because they were so far in debt, they didn't know how they could get out. And so Pauline's story was a testimony that in Christ, uh, we can always become a new creation, even if we experience debt and hardship, that God, although he never wills these things, he never willed for Pauline to be defrauded, he permits these things because they help us grow in holiness. And so Pauline, of course, stayed fervent in faith, fervent in prayer, but also she set herself out to try to do the best she could to pay off her debts. And in that sense, she's really a patron saint of debtors. In my own work in finance, I was moved by her story. And then as I followed Jesus in my vocation of the priesthood, I was overwhelmed by the fear of debt, the fear of uh, how can I do this? Am I going to have enough money? Uh, Here I'm dropping everything. I'm dropping my nets to follow Jesus. Here I worked in a big corporate bank, and I had explained to my family I wasn't going to have a salary. I was selling all my fancy furniture. I was selling the things I didn't need. But, you know, Pauline's witness was powerful to me because all those things mean nothing if I don't have Christ at the center of my life and if I don't follow him. And so like Pauline, I was moved uh, and I really was grateful to follow her and uh, really do that. And I know Pauline answered my prayers. There's times in my life where I've been wondering, how can I make ends meet? Uh, If I'm broke, if my car would break down in seminary, where's the next money? And I would pray and I would ask the intercession of Venerable Pauline Jericho at the time, And lo and behold, I would just get some check in the mail from the Catholic Daughters or Knights of Columbus or even a parishioner that would say, Father, uh, you know, I I wasn't even a priest at the time, seminarian Tim, uh, you know, I was praying and just felt God moved. And so here's a check for $200. Oh, great. I can replace the alternator on my car, you know, like, and keep going to the next journey. You know, Pauline answered my prayers to know uh, faithfulness and trust in God. And so now that the church has declared her blessed, I mean, she is worthy and, and notable for public veneration by all the faithful, not only for her holiness, but also for her power to intercede for us. And so I just want to encourage people, 
Uh, lastly, the thing that I know Pauline has been working in my own personal life Years ago, when I went to Ars on pilgrimage, I traveled in Lyon, France, and I never even made a mental note to venerate Pauline's tomb. But I walked into the church where her body and her corpse is entombed, and there was Pauline Jericho. She found me when I wasn't even looking for her, and I was able to venerate her tomb. I was able to take holy cards and place them on her tomb and ask for her intercession. And she continues to intercede for me in my daily life. Now, the, as I administer three parishes, I deal with finances. I look at end-of-year reports, uh, try to make sure that we can do repairs on buildings, all for the sake of the apostolate. When I ask Pauline to help me, there's nothing that is too insurmountable because I know God will accomplish the good work that he has begun in every one of us. And so with that being said, that is my testimony. Blessed Pauline Jericho, pray Pray for for us. us. All right, Father. Well, thank you for sharing the wonderful life of Blessed Pauline Jericho. I I know as someone who uh, I know would love to foster devotion to you just because of, it's kind of ironic how conversations happen in your life. And then somebody shows up, and she showed up today based off of a conversation I had yesterday. Hmm. So, hmm. what a gift. Uh, so, thank you for being your father. I pray that Blessed uh, Pauline Jericho continues to walk with you. Uh, One last thing for our listeners. If you want to hear anything, there's a great documentary. It's on YouTube. It's hmm. produced by Missio, the Apostolate of the Church. And also, it was featured on EWTN last week. But you can find it online on YouTube. It's reposted there. It's called Heart of a Missionary. Blessed Pauline Jericho. Mm. If you just Google that in your search engine, you will find it. Also, I'm sure it will be replayed on EWTN Television Network in the near future. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, Father, so much. We're going to throw it to Eli on the Fargo Studio for a preview of tomorrow's show. Eli, take it away. Hey, thanks, Chris. We've got another great show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Jack and Doreen Kennelly coming to you live from our Fargo Studios. They'll visit with Bishop David Gagan of the Diocese of Bismarck. He'll talk about supporting our Catholic military. Then Kevin Dockendorf and Kevin Olson will tell us how men are answering the call to defend the church. Plus, Nadia Smetana will tell us how to, how to defend life. All this and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Tuesday mo- er, Wednesday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network, or you can listen anywhere, anytime, on realpresenceradio.com. Right back to you. All right. Well, thank you, Eli. Sounds like a wonderful show we got going tomorrow. Uh, Father, would you lead us in prayer as we close out our show today? Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, we ask that you would continue to pour forth your blessings upon all our listeners and strengthen us in faith. We ask that you would give us holy priests in the way of St. John Vianney, the parish patron saint of priest. We ask that you would encourage us in holiness like St. Philomena and that we too would be devoted to the works of faith and charity like Blessed Pauline Jericho. Strengthen us as we continue to follow you each day. We ask that you would fill your blessings upon all your holy families. Keep them united in your love. We ask that you would heal any division and any fear in the hearts of the faithful. Help all those who have fallen away from the faith return and follow Jesus to eternal life. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for being on and praying with us today. Thank you all for listening today. Stay tuned. We've got some more great programming here on Real Presence Radio. Women of Grace with Jeanette Williams is next.
This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.